Well, it is a real privilege to be here and sharing on this special Sunday. And as we were leading up to today, I asked Ash uh, who she wanted to speak on this special service. Um, And to much of my surprise, uh, she said that she wanted me to preach. I told her that she could have had Tim Keller, she could have had Matt Chandler, she could have had anyone that she really wanted, but she ended up asking me to, uh, to do it. So I really do count this as a real privilege to be able to share on, uh, on this special Sunday for, uh, for Ash. Um, now, some of you probably don't know this, but I've known both Ash and Carlton for quite a long time. I was Carlton's small group leader um, on our equivalent of youth camp on the south side of Splash Out for about five years. So he was one of my youth kids for a, uh, for a very long time. His hair was shorter back then, um, and since then it's, uh, it's grown out, and it's been, a real, uh, it's been really great to, uh, to know him in that capacity. Um, But then Ash came on the scene and I was able to know both of them apart from one another and since uh, since coming together it's also been great to see how God's been at work in them individually and also in them as a couple. Uh, One of my most memorable uh, moments with Ash and Carlton um, was at uh, McDonald's one evening Um, when we were uh, when they were youth leaders of mine, when I was at uh, when I was a youth pastor at Cleveland Baptist Church, um, we would often go to McDonald's after the service. And on this particular uh, evening, um, they decided to go into the car park and have a conversation with one another. Now, uh, most of the other youth leaders knew that they had some level of interest in one another. There was. Uh, They were both uh, liking one another at this stage, but neither of them were open to saying this to one another yet. Um, And we were thinking, all of the youth leaders were thinking that this was the moment. This is when Carlton will finally work up the courage and he is going to tell Ash just how he feels. And we waited inside McDonald's for two hours, just waiting to see, are we going to get some news really, really soon about these two coming into a relationship with one another? About two hours later, and this was very, very late at night, they both made their way back into McDonald's at Cleveland, and we were just waiting, thinking, well... But nothing had happened. They had just had a lovely chat. And so we, just, we were um, a bit annoyed about this, that nothing had happened and we'd been waiting around all this time. But it has been great to, uh, to see since then their relationship grow and flourish. And a lot has happened since this moment. Um, and one of the really significant moments that has happened uh, in Ash and Carlton's journey is a few years ago, Ash did come and visit here after that week that she, uh, she mentioned about the job becoming available. And I was surprised to see Ash here in our night service. And so uh, we decided to catch up after the night service. We went to North Lakes Grilled uh, for dinner after this service. And I asked Ash pretty explicitly, knowing that she had sensed a call of God on her life, whether or not she had considered applying for the youth 
coordinator role here, and she said that she had, and now the rest is history. God has been at work, and it's been great to see God drawing you here, both of you here, and growing you in your ministry. And I've seen a huge amount of growth in Ash over the past few years, and that's because there is something unique that God has placed upon her life. A pastoral ministry is not better, it's not worse than anything else, but it is something that is unique within the New Testament church. And throughout the New Testament, there is a lot that speaks into pastoral ministry and what it's to look like, but none that have been so clear to me or so impactful to me as Ephesians 4 verses 11 to 13. As I was praying into what to share today that would be helpful for Ash, and he was also helpful for us as a church, this was the passage that for me has shaped me most as a leader throughout my pastoral journey. Now, there is a huge amount in the New Testament that speaks into pastoral ministry, but none that I think that defines it and clarifies it in the same way that this passage does. Now, today, this sermon might feel a little bit weird at times because I'm speaking about what the Bible says about being a pastor. And most of you in this room are not pastors, so you may feel like some of this is a little bit self-indulgent for me to speak into, but our time together today is relevant for all of us to see and understand, because what we're seeing today is not uh, something that I have just come up with, but this is something that we see in Scripture that's provided by, for us by God that's for all of our own good. And so, uh, with that said, let's jump into our passage for this morning, which is Ephesians 4, 11 to 13. Ephesians 4, 11 to 13 says, So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. These are just three very short verses, and yet there is so much weight in all of these verses and the different words that we see here. Throughout Ephesians 4, 11 to 13, there are five different offices that are presented um, with five different roles within the church. So the first one that you see is the office of apostle. These apostles are divinely commissioned missionaries and planters of churches. These are the people who break new ground for the kingdom of God in areas where, uh, where the gospel has not uh, made uh, made ground yet. There were the uh, capital A apostles that we see in the New Testament, but we also see those with an apostolic gifting even today who are called by God and anointed with a special purpose to, uh, to break new ground for the gospel. There are prophets, the second office. These people are specialists in divi uh, mediating divine revelation. So these people speak words of God uh, that speak into a certain situation. There are evangelists. Now, these people are those whom God has anointed with a unique gifting in sharing the gospel and in training others to share the gospel. 
All of us have been called to share the gospel wherever we are, and yet there are uh, uh, individual people who have this special uh, anointing on their life as evangelists who are able to say simple phrases like, Christ has died for you, Christ rose again, repent of your sins and be saved, and then they suddenly see hundreds of people uh, respond to the gospel. It's what evangelists are, uh, are able to see. Then there are pastors, shepherds who are responsible for guiding the church through ministry of the word. And then there are teachers, gifted teachers of God's word, but without responsibility specifically to shepherd a, uh, a group of people. Now, some translations will place uh, pastors and teachers together. And yes, of course, there is a teaching role necessary within pastoring. Pastoring includes ministry of the word. However, it is widely regarded that these are two separate giftings and two separate offices here that are presented in Ephesians 4. And specifically today, what we are looking at is the office of pastor and what Ephesians 4 speaks into and says about uh, the role of pastor. This term pastor is used uh, much of the time throughout the New Testament and is used interchangeably with other terms um, as well, but none more commonly than the term shepherd. So you'll see the word pastor and shepherd used interchangeably at different times. So if you're going to understand the role of pastor, you need to understand the role of shepherd. Now, as the New Testament reveals a lot about, um, about the role of shepherd, the most uh, impactful place that we see the role of shepherd demonstrated is through Jesus. He is the one who says that he is the good shepherd. And so we look to him first as the ultimate pastor. He is the greatest shepherd. He is the one who ultimately cares for our soul. But under him, what God chooses to do is he places others as a means to do his work here on earth. They are like his under shepherds. And here in just these few verses, we see part of what's involved in, uh, in what that means. And the most important and clear thing is that a shepherd is there to equip their sheep. A shepherd is there to equip their sheep. These different offices exist. Why? To equip his body for works of service. Now for you, Ash, there will be a constant influx of things for you to do in pastoral ministry. There is admin, event planning, replying to emails, working strategically, dealing with conflict that arises, organising programs, catch-ups with people, setting up and packing down, buying groceries, designing graphics, dealing with parents, dealing with children, dealing with leaders, dealing with everyone. But all of this exists secondarily to what you are really here for, and you are here to equip the church. You do all of your ministry from a place that is founded on God's word. Allow that to be your tool in which you get everything else done. It is the easiest thing within church ministry for you, Ash, uh, to become a doer of jobs, but your place is not to be a doer of all ministry. Your job is to be the equipper of the church for ministry. And for us, church, in turn, it's our responsibility to receive Ash's equipping. When we hear from Ash, 
or we receive leadership from Ash, it's not our responsibility to primarily pick apart everything that she has said and done and give it a rating out of 10. Equipping is not to be judged, it is to be received humbly and then it's to be acted upon. But this is only possible for you, Ash, if you yourself are being equipped personally. You don't, unfortunately, um, the, the staff here at the church, we don't get the privilege in the same way of being able to just come to church in the same way that everyone else does. When you are here, you are the equipper. And so you need to find those places and people in your life where you can go and you can be shepherded yourself. If you ever cease to, be, uh, to learn or be equipped yourself, you'll quickly find the impact of your own ministry beginning to fade. So equip and be equipped. And then you move away from this language of just the equipping language, and then you look at the nature of these gifts that have been, uh, that have been spoken about. Sometimes these gifts have been included with all of the other gifts in understanding the, uh, the broader lifts, list of gifts. But something is very different here in Ephesians 4, 11 to 13 in its language. God doesn't give people the gift of being an apostle or prophet or evangelist or pastor or teacher. Rather, this suggests a very different way of thinking throughout these few verses, mainly in that the person themselves is now considered the gift themselves. So you don't have the gift of pastor or teacher. You are almost wrapped up like a Christmas present. We've got Christmas colours on stage today. Um, but you're almost wrapped up like a Christmas present, handed to the church and then released to be the gift. Today is mine and Sarah's seventh wedding anniversary. We chose to spend it with all of you today. And Sarah is the master gift giver. A, a, uh, one of her qualities that has not rubbed off on me, unfortunately. Her love language is gifts and she is uh, amazing at this. But our anniversary is not about celebrating what I have gotten from Sarah over these past seven years. For me, our anniversary is about celebrating the gift of Sarah herself. Seven years ago, Sarah gave herself to me. It's not celebrating what she has done for me, it's about celebrating her, myself. Now, the difference here in Ephesians 4, 11 to 13 is that the person themselves is the gift to the church. They don't have the gift, they are the gift. God is wrapping up someone and saying, here you go, church. I am gifting you, Ash, as a pastor to the church. And so this means for you, Ash, there is a unique calling on your life. It's not better or worse than what God has got for other people here in this world to do, but it is unique. Very few roles in the church have this kind of opportunity as... Uh, in, uh, as spoken about here in Ephesians 4, 11 and 12. Now, for me, throughout my ministry, I have found this one of the most important principles to remember, that this is the calling upon my life. Because if God has gifted me to the church, I have a responsibility to fulfil my calling. Now, knowing this and believing this in your heart, 
can help you to get through so many issues that you can face throughout ministry. At the moment, you've been in vocational ministry for two years, and a lot has happened in those two years, but a lot more is going to happen as well. There will be difficulty and pain at times, and when those times come, you need something to cling to, and the fact that God has called you, that's what you need to cling to. And church, we need to encourage Ash in this. Encourage is not just saying nice things to her. It's placing courage into her. It's reminding Ash, you can do this. God's got you. You'll be okay. Encourage Ash in her calling. And finally, the shepherd is there to do what God wants. A few years ago, I was having a uh, a conversation with someone at a church I used to be at, and this person seemed to have an issue with everyone who was in pastoral ministry, and they didn't really seem to understand the relationship uh, of how pastors were supposed to work in the church. And this person said to me, you work for us, you are our employee, and so you need to do what we want. Now, I was trying to not stir up too much conflict here in this moment, so I didn't push too hard, but this person seemed to miss the point. The shepherd is there not to be guided by the sheep, but the shepherd is there to guide the sheep and equip the sheep with what they need. The point of the pastor is not to do what everyone wants, And as a church grows, that becomes more and more difficult. The point is not to do what everyone wants, but to do what God has put you on this earth to do, which is to be a shepherd. One of the the biggest problems that you can face in pastoral ministry, Ash, is trying to fulfill everyone's expectations. That's impossible. (laughs) The more people in a church, the more people's expectations. And it is really hard to not allow everyone's expectations to guide you. But it is even harder to allow them to guide you through your ministry. You will never be able to make everyone happy. And so do what God wants. And what God wants is to, we see here, equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God, and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Now, although these things that we have discussed throughout these few verses, they might sound like they're only relevant to the people who hold one of these five offices, that's not completely true. Every one of you here in this room has people that you are able to influence in a way that I'm not able to. In one sense, it's your responsibility to be the presence of the good shepherd to these people. It's your responsibility to share the good news with these people. It's your responsibility to communicate uh, the word of God to these people. Every one of you has a responsibility to equip others with the Word of God, but you can't do this unless you are being equipped yourself. 
So it's everyone's responsibility here today to be equipped ourselves, to delve into the Word of God, to seek to understand Him more and more every day. It's also all of our responsibility to fulfill your calling. For many of you, God has placed a unique dream upon your life and has called you into something that only you are able to do. And don't let the things of this world distract you from that or take it away from you. Fulfill the things in your life that God has called you to do. And do what God wants. Every single person will come to every person with expectations. You will have experienced this in your life. But ultimately, for all of us, there is only one person's expectations that really matters, and that's God. So all of us, you particularly, Ash, but for all of us, we have a responsibility to equip others, to be equipped ourselves, to fulfill the unique calling that God has on our life, and to um, to see his expectation on our life as paramount. And so can we just stand together? I want to pray for Ash, but I also want to pray for all of us that we might be people who live this out every single day wherever we go. So let's pray together. And so God, we just thank you for your word. We thank you that you have given us um, people like Ash, who are able to, um, to communicate and minister your word so clearly. And God, we just want to pray a special blessing upon Ash and Carlton right now. We pray for Ash's ministry here. We pray that it will be fruitful and that we will see many, many people come to a saving knowledge of you through it. God, we pray for their marriage. God, would you draw them closer to one another? Would you draw them closer to you? Would you help them to cling to you through good times and through difficult times? And God, we want to give you praise as well for what you have already done in Ash's life. You have been at work over years. And so we just thank you, God, for how you have been at work leading her to this place. But God, for every single one of us, you have given us work here in this world to do. And so we want to respond to that. We want to be obedient to the work that you have for us. And so we want to share your word boldly wherever we go. We want to be people who are equipped by your word every single day, who find it precious and beautiful and wonderful that we have this this word given to us Lord you help us to, uh, to fulfill the calling that you have placed on our lives and we don't want to be people either who are swayed by expectations of others but who are simply responsive to, uh, to what you want from us so help us all to be people like this in Jesus name Amen